If you're in an A-plus school, you've probably heard this before. We've had people tell us that when they go into an A-plus school, there's a hum. They can't really describe it well. It's a feeling that they get when they walk in the school. And we think that's because students are so highly engaged in what they're doing. That's A-plus director Michelle Burroughs describing the climate of an A-plus school. It's an exciting characterization. But how does an A-plus school create their own signature hum? And what deliberate decisions behind the scenes go into creating the fun, engaging, and creative community for teachers and students? I'm Tom Nevels, Professional Development Manager for A-plus Schools of North Carolina. Welcome to Essentially A-plus. A-plus Schools is the longest-running, arts-based whole school reform model in the nation. A signature program of the North Carolina Arts Council, A-plus Schools develop a creative culture in which the state's mandated curriculum is taught through collaboration and multidiscipline integration, with the arts continuously woven into every student's learning experience. Our network of schools includes pre-K through 12th grades in rural and urban communities and it impacts more than 25,000 North Carolina students each year. Teachers and administrators in an A-plus school are trained in the A-plus essentials, eight foundational components that transform a school's practice, priorities, and identity, building an environment where teachers and students are excited to learn together. The A-plus essentials are arts, curriculum, multiple learning pathways, experiential learning, enriched assessment, collaboration, infrastructure, and climate. In this podcast, we're going to explore the A-plus essentials and bring you practical tips from the A-plus network that will help you grow along your A-plus journey. We kick off this series by getting to the heart of how a school creates its unique climate, or like you heard at the top, that hum. In a recent survey we conducted with schools in our network, we asked over 1,000 A-plus teachers and leaders what they needed to improve and how they implement A-plus practice at their schools. Many of our schools face high turnover and increasingly busy master schedules, and the top two areas of opportunity for growth were A-plus mentoring of staff members and deliberately scheduling time for collaborative planning of A-plus lessons. This need for mentoring and common planning time fits perfectly with the A-plus essentials of infrastructure and climate. These essentials are embedded in the daily process of the school, and the work done to support them is not always readily evident. 
so I turned to our network for advice. I needed to talk with schools whose staffs were cohesive and whose master schedules were meeting the planning needs of teachers. First, I jumped on I-85 and headed south. When you exit I-85 onto South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, one of the first things you notice is the sprawling lawn of Carolina Memorial Park, a lush green cemetery to the south. Rising from the center of its gentle sloping hills is the Singing Tower, a Carolina Bells. Next to the park, on the north side of the street, you'll find an Econo Lodge, an IHOP, and a Pelican's Snowball. This could be one of many rural towns in North Carolina. About a mile up the road and one left turn later, you arrive at Royal Oaks Elementary School of the Arts, a K-5 arts magnet school in its first year as a part of the A-plus network, and its first year in a brand new building. The parking lot still boasts a sharp contrast of new black asphalt with stripes of fresh white paint. Grass is slowly starting to cover the bald patches of the clay lawn surrounding the school. I was there because I knew if there was someone I had to talk to about that special A-plus hum, it was Royal Oaks principal, Melody Marsh. Melody greeted me warmly with a wide smile and invited me back to her office where we could chat. The first thing I noticed when I walked in the front door was that new carpet smell. It is fantastic. We have been so excited to move into our new building. We've, we've waited for two years while it's being built. Um, off-site doubled up with another school but we were so excited to be here and just the building I know that any school can be an A-plus school it doesn't really matter what it looks like but this school is just so colorful and so set up for creativity it's just wonderful being able to um, you know enjoy the space and be creative. Melody has been at Royal Oaks for 20 years spending the first 17 years as a grade level teacher before moving into administration. Well, we like to say that Royal Oaks was the best kept secret in Cabarrus County because we were the, the smallest school around and we were, you know, tucked here at the um, northern end of Kannapolis. We we're in the uh, town of Kannapolis, but we're a Cabarrus County school. So a lot of people didn't even know we were here. So that's why we said that we're the best kept secret. We've always been very small. I mean, right now we have 305 children. I never remember having more than 350 students in total. So we've always been very small. Um, you know, as the years have gone on, we've seen a we've we've seen that it's harder and harder to engage students in the classroom, and I think that has been our biggest challenge as the years gone on and things come and go, teachers come and go. Um, you know, our biggest challenge is really keeping students' attention in the classroom and keeping that focus, and um, you know, getting that student achievement up. Because of her long history with the school, I asked Melody to tell me a little bit about what Royal Oaks was like before joining A+. While this new campus was being built, the staff and students of Royal Oaks were displaced to a nearby elementary school where they faced some challenges. We have always we have been a Title I school as long as I can remember. Um, our, we are about 90% free and reduced lunch mm -hmm. and you know previously it, behavior was a challenge. I felt like that was a, a daily struggle, you know, uh, all day long discipline, 
all day long, especially when we were displaced. We were displaced in a non-Title I school, and all of our staff and students were combined. And so we were essentially two schools under one roof, but our staff and students were combined within the classrooms and within the grade levels. So You were seeing some culture clashes there. Yes, huge culture clashes. And, you know, coming from both ends of the spectrum, because some teachers love Title I, and that's what they're passionate about, and they really love um, teaching those students. And then some teachers really just, they don't. That's not what they prefer. And um, Or what they have a background in. Exactly. And so we had a lot of discipline issues that we were dealing with on a day-to-day basis. But then, you know, coming here and opening a brand new school and year one having a beautiful facility and being an A-plus school, I mean, our, our discipline has dropped dramatically. I wanted to know more about the infrastructure that these schools were putting in place to support A+. So I asked each principal to tell me a little bit about the master schedule at each campus and how it came to be. I spoke with Melody first. We visited a lot of schools, and at each school we visited, our goal was, okay, what does what does A-plus look like at this school? What infrastructures are in place? Um, and at every single school, we saw something different. We asked for schedules. We, I mean, we really... That was going to be my next question. Yeah. What did you steal? We, we stole schedules. We took pictures. We made contacts. We dropped in on planning sessions. I mean, we really tried to glean everything we could from the schools that we visited. And it was really interesting to go from one school to the next school to the next school and just to see how very different they are. The A-plus essentials are, are at each school, but each school has its own different unique spin and identity around it. And so what we took away from that is, okay, we have to come up with what is important to us and what is it going to look like for us. But then you have all these schedules of how other schools have done it. And you've also heard from their admin team, their teacher leaders, what pitfalls that they have fallen into. Um, And so we were really able to work in the summer before school started to create a schedule to hopefully avoid some of those pitfalls. So we knew that we needed to build in collaboration time between grade level teachers and on-course staff because that was one of the things we heard. You can't expect people to collaborate before and after school or on their own time. You have to build it into the schedule or this is not going to work. And so we made a schedule, troop collaboration during the school day with Encore teachers and grade level teachers. And so there's times to come together. There's times to come together as a grade level team and just the fourth grade teachers together with the arts coordinator. And then there are times where the the team comes together with art, music, PE, dance, theater, and they have conversations about um, how that looks. So there are a lot of layers to our schedule, and we joked as a staff, we had to have a meeting before school started of how to decipher the schedule and know where to be and when because there are so many moving parts to it. Um, And then even as we got started, we thought this plan is going to be great. And, you know, a month and a half in, we got some feedback from the staff and thought we've got to tweak some things because this is not going exactly how we wanted it to go. And so we made some, some changes based on staff feedback and then put it out there again. And then how's it working now? And so it's just a constant work in progress. But I think, you know, key things are, you know, people need to sit down at the table together and have meaningful conversations about the content and how we can collaborate together. For another point of view, I got in touch with my second A-plus administrator by placing a long-distance call to an A-plus pilot school in North Texas. Arlington, Texas is a bedroom community in one of the largest metro areas in the country. Downtown Dallas is just 21 miles to the east, 
and downtown Fort Worth is 15 minutes to the west. Jones Academy of Fine Arts and Dual Language is a K-6 arts and language magnet school, a stone's throw from Six Flags Over Texas and the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. They say everything is bigger in Texas. I visited Jones several times throughout their first three years as an A-plus pilot school, and I can attest to that being at least partly true. Big sky, big trucks, and big personalities are everywhere. One of the biggest and most dynamic that I've met is Katuska Herador, Jones Academy's principal. I wanted to hear Kat's perspective on what creates the A-plus hum at her school, so I gave her a call. For those who have not visited their new campus, I tell people like it's walking into Google Campus. There's whiteboards and green screens and flexible seating in small meeting spaces and large meeting spaces. There's a cool lab space where teachers can set up larger projects or experiments. The, the school system really tricked you guys out when you guys... They um, really did, and we're fortunate. But they, I gotta say that, when we were under construction and we... I mean, we had like temporary walls everywhere and noise being made and we still have portable buildings because we're going through expansion. But even when we didn't have all those beautiful spaces, the magic was still happening because of that environment of, you know, allowing for creativity and flexibility. So sometimes like the times like I need to remind the teachers like, hey, remember when we were like in the, it felt like we were in the gutter and look at us now, you know, so we have to remind them because, you know, once you, you get a little, you give them an inch, I want a mile because they want more and more and more. So just reminding them of that. The physical campus isn't the only unique thing about Jones. In addition to A+, the school is a dual language immersion school. I asked Katuska to describe what that means. So at Jones Academy, we offer a dual language uh, immersion program with English and Spanish being the target languages. We have a two-teacher model, so the students um, have one teacher in English, one teacher in Spanish, and they split the day. So the students rotate, if you will, or go to the other class at the middle of the day. Um, we have a foundation where math and science is actually taught in Spanish, a target language, um, and English for English language arts and social studies. And as they matriculate up, there is more emphasis in Spanish um, with literacy. So it's been interesting with a dual language because we're trying to, you know, they're learning a language through content, but with a layer of A+, I think it allows for even more um, uh, cr cr critical thinking, um, processing skills with language embedded with the language arts. It's just multifaceted. So it's been um, really interesting to see how the students are making connections through language, through culture, through the arts. Um, and even though it seems a little uh, overwhelming, they actually go hand in hand. It's really supportive of the learning. So it's it's been exciting to watch. and. So with the arts, with having culture pieces and learning language, the content, um, our students are making some really great connections early on. I think that we've seen um, gains in the students and even like the neurons seem to be like firing off even quicker um, because it's more hands-on learning. It's more experiential 
Um, so I, I think it's a, a great benefit to the students that are learning in two languages. The teachers at Jones are constantly planning in a variety of groups. Bi-weekly team planning with classroom teams, weekly PLCs with teachers who teach the same content, and collaborative planning with arts and non-arts teachers twice a quarter. It's a busy schedule, but Katuska says it's worth it. We have been very strategic about what day and what purpose is for. And so what that has allowed is it's just allowed us to strengthen the collaborative opportunities. And because there's that ongoing lesson design and collaborative discussion, when they're meeting with fine arts every six weeks, it's just even more rich because they have a starting point. Um, and we've just seen some really good success with that so far this school year. We've always had our six-week planning sessions before, um, but, I, but, I, but I really felt like the ongoing weekly um, co-teaching and weekly um, planning was kind of hit and miss, to be honest, in the past. Um, and so I think it's really helped that we've provided that, that, that time with the master schedule this year. And, you know, they've gone through, some of our newer teachers gone through that phase where, you know, they're in the arts classroom, um, but they're more like a supervisor role, and like we're like, you don't need to be in there just to be, you know, a monitor or just to tweet, you know, like you need to be engaged with it. But again, we had a, a lot, needed them to develop that sense of comfort, you know, and I think our oh, really teachers, relationship between the teachers. Exactly, exactly. That comfort and the relationship. And when, they, when they're like, oh, it's not so bad. And, you know, we've had some good discussions about, you know, this is not stepping on your toes. Like, this is what we see. You know, the, the discussion has uh, really been back and forth, and that comfort, the relationship has been strengthened. And we've talked about different scenarios of co-teaching um, where it's parallel. Maybe it's actually where you take a group, I take a group, or state or rotation kind of depends on, you know, the task at hand. Um, but again, allowing, I hate the word saying allowing, but letting them know that flexibility is, is, is important because not every art class is going to look the same every time. You know, it depends on the content. Sometimes it even varies among the grade level because of the students that you have. Um, so we really try to emphasize that, to be flexible, try different things, um, allow that space for relationship building, <laughs> you know, and, and, and helps with that. It's, it's been really neat. Two very different A-plus schools with two very different master schedules. But what they have in common is a responsiveness to the needs of the teachers and students. Whether that feedback comes from a scheduling work group or through regular collaborative meetings attended by leadership, the outcome is the same. A flexibility and willingness to try new solutions in real time. All the while, creating stronger relationships between staff and administration. In fact, it's that promotion of trial and error that was also a component of my second topic of discussion, the mentoring of new teachers. Part of the work of an A-plus school is developing a plan for the onboarding of new staff. Many schools have taken a mentoring approach, pairing novice teachers with their experienced A-plus educators. 
Katuska at Jones Academy says her approach to onboarding new teachers begins as early as the job interview. Like sometimes I'll say, okay, like, you know, tomorrow I'm going to ask you to teach with this Coke bottle. I want you to think of different topics, different standards that you could tackle with this Coke bottle. And, you know, a lot of times they'll um, come up with, you know, volume and capacity and things like that. And then I'll kind of push them further. Okay, well, what could we do with music, you know? What we could do with the visual arts and writing. And so I just kind of keep probing them with a specific um, example. And I think that helps them generate um, some thought behind the integration process. Um, I have interviews that are multi-step. They meet with me, they meet with the committee, and if it's during the school year or even during summer school, I ask them to come in and present a model lesson. And I encourage them, and I know, you know, I always tell them it's okay because I know that, you know, you perhaps haven't had like an arts-integrated background, but I do encourage them to tie it to a strand somehow, you know. And a lot of things that we see during model lessons are, are visual arts. But I think, um, so my approach is always like at the beginning, they need to know what we're about. So giving them some background information, probing a little deeper when we are meeting face-to-face, and try to challenge them to see it in action. I think that, that helps, you know, them get excited, get them educated about A-plus before they even are fully on board. And then when they are on board, it's similar process, giving them examples, uh, giving us scenarios, trying to pair them up with teachers that um, have already had some success with integration. And, you know, I'm pretty fortunate to have a, a, a system or a schedule that allows for fairly frequent um, opportunities for collaboration and co-teaching. So I think that helps put any um, concerns at ease. Once new staff are hired, the constant collaboration helps teachers pick up on A-plus basics. I think we are very strategic about, um, you know, because we all of us are in a team teaching situation because of our dual language model. So we really try to, pay, if there's a new teacher, try to pair up somebody with a more experienced teacher with A-plus journey or in teaching career overall. And so that collaborative partnership becomes a mentorship as well because, you know, they're relying on each other. They teach the same kids a lot of times. So that's kind of like already built into um, how we do things here. So it's not a, you know, I do not follow a formal mentorship, pro, you know, like, oh, you have to meet with them this week and here's the agenda. It's really, um, yeah, it's really just, providing some time with collaboration, and being strategic how we pair teachers. Both Katuska and Melody have seen thoughtful scheduling and mentorship improve staff morale, and they both believe that they must lead by example if they want to build a culture of openness, experimentation, and collaboration. Yeah, I, I think it's so important. I can never ask my teachers to do something that I wouldn't do myself or I haven't done myself. So, like, I think it's important that they see that I'm in there with them. Even though I'm not, you know, side by side in the classroom every day, you know, but it's important for them to see that I'm a learner just as much, that I um, want to provide these engaging uh, learning experience for the students. 
So I have to model that. I mean, any leader or a teacher has to model those expectations. So I try to model it. I try to roll up my uh, sleeves and they need to see me doing um, things that may seem silly, but I, I think it's important for them to see that I'm willing to stretch myself. I think, you know, one of the biggest things, and I, I won't say that it's a policy or procedure, but it's more of a an openness, a freedom. So I think it's really important that we give teachers, the experts, the freedoms to try new things in their classroom. So yes, we expect, you know, lesson plans to be um, in planbook.com, which is what we use mm-hmm. online. We expect lesson plans or whatnot, but we try to give the teachers freedom to experiment with new things in, in their classroom. So we do try to be conscientious that, you know, this is our first year with this, and they're going to be they're going to be flops and fails. And so it's okay for a teacher to, you know, if I walk in to do a, a classroom walkthrough and it's just a flop, it, it's, it's okay. You know, they can tell me later, ah, I, that was the first time I was trying that. I'm going to tweak that and, and do something again, do something differently the next time. So I think we've just tried to really build a culture around um, the freedom to try new things and to experiment, you know, as a teacher, giving them back the control of their classroom. The proof, as they say, is in the pudding. We went the whole month of school without a single office referral, which is unheard of mm-hmm. for our school. And it just it's just a testimony to our program here, the engagement, our teachers' commitment to really doing what's right for students in the classroom and really working to meet students' individual needs. I mean, this A-plus has truly been a gift to us to, to restart, to reopen, and have a whole different learning experience for our for our students who so deserve it and and we were trying so hard before and I think we just didn't have we didn't have a pathway we didn't have an avenue to get there and a plus really gave us a you know I won't say it's the um you know the the silver bullet the magic pill that's gonna that's gonna make the change but gosh it gave us it gave us a pathway that we can go down to hopefully see some some true lasting school improvement change. Although Royal Oaks and Jones Academy are very different A-plus schools in very different places across the country, they're both seeing great results from the A-plus method. This isn't surprising. In fact, it's what makes A-plus such a sustainable and effective reform model. A-plus provides the professional development, tools, strategies, and support needed to transform schools. Then, using the A-plus essentials as a guide, each school is empowered to build its own unique, creative, and engaging learning environment. Coming into my interviews with these A-plus leaders, I'd hoped to find quick and easy solutions to master scheduling and mentoring of new teachers. But as we've heard, there are no one-size-fits-all approaches. The hard work of strengthening the A-plus essentials falls to the many hands of empowered staff and responsive leaders in each A-plus school. By actively listening to needs and suggestions, modeling vulnerability, and supporting one another in risk-taking, A-plus schools remain open to change for the good of the staff and students. The course each A-plus school takes towards building the A-plus essentials is as unique as the schools themselves. It's the ongoing pursuit of a strong infrastructure and a creative school climate that makes each of them essentially A+. Thank you for listening to Essentially A+, a production of A-plus Schools of North Carolina. 
To find out more about A+, check us out on the web at aplus-schools.ncdcr.gov. And join the conversation about school climate and infrastructure on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash aplusnc.